Hey everyone, it's Dr. Keys. Welcome to the Keys to Confidence podcast. I'm here with Shauna, my wonderful office manager, and we are excited to chat about all things skin, beauty, health, wellness, and to help unlock your inner confidence. If you have any questions you would like me to answer on future episodes, send us a DM on Instagram at KeysMD Cosmetic Clinic or email us at info at keysmd.ca and I'll try to answer as many as I can on upcoming shows. If you like what you hear, don't forget to share and subscribe so that you never miss another episode and to help us grow. Now let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Keys to Confidence. I am Shauna and I'm joined here with Dr. Keys. Dr. Keys, what do you put on your Subway sub? (laughs) (laughs) On my Subway sub, I get the cold cut trio, no salami, double ham. Um, but you have to, you have to say that you take the bread out because I don't think people want to know that. Yeah. And then I also get them to take the bread out. So there's less, less bun, less carbs, less bun, more, more, just less bun. And just like the ham and that's it. Uh, what's in that ham and pepperoni maybe, or ham and summer sausage. I don't like the salami part of it. And that's it. That's like no it. toppings. Lettuce, green peppers, banana peppers, lots of hot sauce, salt and pepper. The end. The end. Love that. <laughs> that sounds like the worst sub ever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I didn't have the best experience the last time I was there, but I do love a turkey sub. Totally switching topics, but today we are talking about varicose veins. Dr. Keys, what are varicose veins? Well, before, actually, I kind of want to know what your traumatizing experience was when you got your last sub. I was extremely, like, I had been drinking the night before, and there's just something about slimy meat that makes me throw up, (laughs) like, thinking about it now. Okay, back to veins, Dr. Keys. What are varicose veins? (laughs) I got a little sidetracked. Um, I guess before we get into varicose veins, we should just briefly mention what, like, a normal vein is like. So I guess you, you will, you'll better understand what a varicose vein is if we, we kind of describe what a normal vein is. So um, normal veins are typically tight and have some elastic recoil and they have veins inside of them. And then we also have a muscle pump in our calf muscles. So when we walk, it helps push the blood back up and, and veins go towards the heart arteries go away from the heart. So um what the valves do is that they prevent the backflow of blood back down towards the feet. So when you get a varicose vein, that is when these tight veins with that elastic recoil get overstretched. And uh, so it's kind of like an elastic band that's lost its elastic recoil. And then when you increase the intravenous pressure, like when you're standing or, or walking, running, these veins will bulge out of the legs. And that's typically what is causing these varicose veins. So when the vein is dilated, the veins don't really meet in the middle like they used to, and it causes mm-hmm. the blood to pool down in the lower legs, right? So um, and then you can't effectively move blood back up towards the heart against gravity. So that's typically, or that, that in a nutshell, is basically what a, a varicose vein is. So in terms of the veins, when you're thinking, you know, how, or sorry, when you're thinking of the valves, um, you can think of it as like a, a double door and you're walking through them. You're pushing both the doors open and they only go one direction. They don't go backwards. 
But when okay. the valves the valves get faulty and they're not working properly, they can fold backwards, and that's where the blood will kind of flow through back down towards your feet. So interesting. I feel like there's so many parts of our bodies that we just like we don't really know much about unless that's something that we study or like look more into, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess most of us don't really know how the body works, um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 fascinating. This topic is probably somewhat boring to the average person, but um, it's something we offer here. I think it's uh, I think it's kind of interesting. So yeah. here we are. You're a little nerd. A little nerd. That's right. What are the symptoms patients present with? Um, they can come in from any, any range of concerns. Some will come in just with spider veins and it's just a cosmetic thing to them. They, they don't like the appearance of them and they want those, those gone. Mm-hmm. And then other people have dilated and engorged varicose veins, um, which are, you know, kind of unsightly to, to most people. Most people don't want them. Um, so, you know, we can treat that, but they can be anywhere from asymptomatic where they don't cause any issues. Um, and it's just a cosmetic concern, uh, or they can have these heavy and tired aching legs. Um, as it progresses, it can be, they can be itching and burning. You can get edema uh, or swelling. Mm-hmm. You can also get muscle cramps, restless legs. Uh, you start getting skin changes like venous eczema. You can get hemosiderin staining, and that's when the blood kind of leaks out of the vessels and the hemoglobin breaks down, and the hemosiderin will then stain the skin this brown, this brown color. Wow. And yeah, and then there's something else called lipodermatosclerosis, which is like a, a fibrous tightening of the lower legs. And, uh, and then as it continues to progress, you can get some, these venous ulcers too. So, yeah, so there's, wild. yeah, it's very broad, right? It's yeah, like very a broad. broad range from not from nothing to like debilitating, um, symptoms. What are some of the risk factors for developing them? Uh, increasing age is, uh, Probably one of the biggest ones. Family history is also is pretty large. So if one parent has them, you have about a fifty percent chance of getting them. If two parents do, um, it's been reported up to as high as ninety percent of of you getting them. So um, that's pretty huge. Uh, being female, that is another one. Pregnancy, right. yeah, yeah, and pregnancy. So um, just don't ever have kids, and you're fine. <laughs> but uh, pregnancy does it. There's uh, increased pressure, obviously, because you have a, a big baby growing inside of you. So there's just um, increased uterine pressure there. There's increased blood volume, the hormones. There's several factors that play uh, play into this. But um, pregnancy is one. Obesity, also increased pressure, um, prolonged standing. So like hairdressers, nurses, factory workers, um, et cetera, just people that are staying all day um, increases the risk. Wearing high heels, which I'm sure most women uh, don't want to hear, but it basically it disengages the calf pump that I mentioned earlier, where the calf muscles contract to pump the blood up. That doesn't work properly. And then things like DVTs that are less common increase the pressure and can and make them worse. I think some women might not enjoy the comment about the high heels, but at the same time, have you ever worn a pair they your feet and your legs hurt like so bad at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Have I worn a pair every weekend? 
Oh my, I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. And I'm guessing most women aren't going to be like, you know what? I'm not wearing high heels anymore because of uh, uh, increased risk of varicose veins. I think the importance too, of like making sure, like telling people and educating people about, um, the socks that you can wear, the uh, compression stockings. I mean, they're not as cute as like regular socks, but they definitely will help. I know so many people that work on like super hard grounds, like during the day and their legs must just be so sore at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and they are getting better, right? There's, there's tons mm-hmm. of designs now and you can get them that look, look like normal socks. So, but yeah, I mean, if you're wearing, uh, if you're sockless in your high heels, obviously you're not going to want to wear them when you're going out for the night. Right. Yeah. You don't, that's like, I guess it's not really, unless you're looking for a new fashion statement, it's probably not the best. <laughs> the best look. choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How common are uh, varicose veins? They are actually quite common. It's been reported that about 23% of adults have varicose veins and uh, over 50% of adults over the age of 50 have them. And then if you bring in the spider veins and reticular veins, reticular veins are, are they're a little bit bigger than spider veins, but they're not as big as varicose veins. Um, but if you bring those into um, into this calculation, it's, it's about 80% of men and 85% of women will have um, these types of veins. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, very common actually. And I feel like now that we talk about veins more often, I notice it more. I I've definitely noticed a few on my legs. They're, they're tiny, but Mm -hmm. they're still there. Yep. Yep. Just like, just like working in aesthetics, right? You just, you start noticing things that you maybe wouldn't have before for sure. When do patients come in to see you? Um, I guess whenever it's a concern to you. So for people with spider veins, they're going to come in uh, if it's just a cosmetic reason and they have no symptoms, they'll come in just to get that treated. Um, And then others will come in because they have the the bulging varicose veins. Sometimes they're asymptomatic, but they just don't like the appearance. So they want that taken care of. And then there's others that that have the symptoms, the heaviness, the aching, um, the swelling that come in and they just want that gone. They don't even, they don't even really care about a cosmetic, uh, the cosmetic outcome. They just want to feel better. Um, and, and often those are the the patients that are, are the most happy because they just feel so much better after. For sure. I'm sure it's like a huge, like relief after Mm -hmm. they have the treatment done. Yeah, exactly. How are varicose veins assessed? There's different techniques that you can do um, on physical exam, but really the the gold standard is just doing an ultrasound and doing a vein mapping. So normal ultrasound facilities don't always do a proper vein mapping. So sometimes you do want to actually go to a vein center where they do a proper vein mapping where they really map out the veins and see which ones are varicose, which ones aren't functioning properly um, so they can be uh, treated appropriately. To me, like this sounds so interesting, like just the whole ultrasound, the veins and everything, but it is quite more of like a simple procedure, um, I guess you would would say. Yeah. Yeah. If you know what you're doing um, or once you know what you're doing, it it can be a little bit more simple. Vein mapping done properly can take up to 45 minutes. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's a little more involved than you might think. And, Mm -hmm. and for someone that has never looked at an ultrasound before, they would think they're looking at like sand on a screen or something that makes no sense. at all. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I, I think I was talking, I was talking to someone the other day and 
we were talking about ultrasounds and they were saying how hard it is to read an ultrasound. And I was like, when we were doing some of the training here, uh, I obviously was just watching what you were doing, but yeah, looking at an ultrasound screen is very confusing. Yeah. Yeah, it can be for sure. Until you, until you know what you're looking at. What are the more simple conservative treatment options for patients? Yeah, there's quite a few things that can be done before you start getting any procedures done. Um, one of the, the biggest and most important things is weight loss. Um, obviously, easier said than done. Uh, staying physically active, keeping your legs elevated when possible. Um, and then I guess the maybe the easiest and, and best is compression stockings, especially for those people that are on their feet all day or have symptoms. Which is like, I guess that's, that's, it's probably a relief for people to hear that because sometimes, or I guess some people may think that you need just to have the surgery right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did, uh, I did some, well, I did my residency and everything in the United States and for it to be covered for the procedures to be covered under insurance, they had to prove that they were, they had, they had compression stockings or they tried compression stockings for three months at least to see if there was any relief from that alone. Wow. What are um, some of the more invasive and surgical options for patients? Uh, Yeah. Once, once you get into procedures, um, so spider veins, we, we use lasers here as well as injections Um, for the bigger veins, the gold standard for, for the more surgical or procedural options are EVLA, which is endovenous laser ablation. There's a radio frequency ablation and there's a venous seal. Um, they're done similarly, uh, EVLA and RFA, um, the laser and radio frequency. Those are, there's a little more needles. You have to use tumescent, which is kind of a numbing medication that you put around the, the vein. And then you use a heat energy or, or radio frequency energy to, um, to close down the vein. And then venous seal is more of a new procedure. Um, it essentially is using crazy glue. You put glue inside of the vein and that closes it down. Um, the advantage to that is that um, there's no tumescent, there's less needles and there's less downtime. You uh, you typically don't need to wear compression stockings after where with the other ones, the EBLA and the RFA, you have to wear them for a couple of weeks uh, after that, that treatment. So less downtime, um, less needles, uh, less pain. Um, so that one is uh, that one's a good one. The only downside for for everyone involved is it's a little bit more costly. And then after that, there's uh, ultrasound guided foam injections or sclerotherapy. That's basically where an irritant is injected into the vein and cause it to close. And then there's the older way of closing it down or getting rid of it, um, which is the surgical stripping of the veins. And I don't, I'm not even sure if anyone in the city is doing that anymore. I was told that there isn't. Um, so a vascular surgeon would typically do that where they, they go into the groin area and ligate the vein and, and basically um, cut it and strip out the vein. Uh, much more downtime to that. Not as advantageous because there's a, a much higher recurrence rate with that. So it doesn't mm-hmm. work as well. Um, so yeah, that's not done as much anymore. And I know in other cities, it's about a five-year wait to get that done. So definitely not done uh, as often as it used to be. So interesting. I guess with technology and everything, 
um, treatments that you don't have to do. You, you don't have to do that. That's probably why people aren't doing it in the city anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the techniques have improved so much. Like you were saying, it's, it's, it, why would you go under the knife and have the downtime and, and the surgery when, when you could have the procedure done? And I think the name, like the stripping name, just that's kind of scary. If in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> There's sometimes some horror stories or you've, we've maybe all heard some horror stories, maybe me more than the average person since I look after patients, but um, yeah, yeah, there can be downsides to that for sure. Tell us more about training that had to be done for, for veins. Yeah, that's, uh, as you know, that's, that's been a bit of a ride for me. So yes, uh, I, uh, I did my train in Michigan in 2004. 15 and um i came back to canada to see what it would take for me to do it here and i figured i just have to prove that i did my training somewhere else and i had a letter of recommendation and and everything for for doing the treatments there and i came back here and i was told that i had to do that training again um which was which was a lot of procedures not something that could be done in a day or two um which made it quite difficult taking time off work and traveling and, and finding someone to do the training, et cetera. Um, but as you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to back down to a challenge. So um, I went and, and completed the, the, the trainings just so I could be able to offer it here. It didn't really make sense. I had, uh, I had the training and, and skill and knew how to do it already. So um, it just made sense to, to try to push through and, and get it done so I could offer it here. It's an amazing and inspiring story to so many because, I mean, you've been put up against so many things just to to try and stop you, but you're still you're still going. Yeah, I guess if you if you know all the details, then it might be a little bit more inspiring. But yeah, it's it, it has not been easy, but um, I think it's worthwhile for for patients in the area because no one is really doing it here, and and people are traveling hours to get the procedure done. So, and the moral of the story is you love veins. <laughs> I love veins. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for people who don't really know where to start or where to go, what would the advice be? That they they have to come see us. Yeah, just there's no other option. <laughs> just come and see us, and we'll take care of you. <laughs> That's right. No, but for real, I mean, a lot of people don't know what they have, what what type of veins they have, what the treatment options are. I mean, they're you know, if you listen to this, they still might be confused um, between you know for what treatment actually is, is right for them. So coming in for a consult is going to be most beneficial for them. So we can discuss what's going on, see, see what type of veins they have, uh, potentially get some ultrasound uh, done to see what's going on um, under the surface that we can't see. And um, that would be, I guess, the first line just to come in and see us. Was there anything else you uh, would like to tell our listeners about veins? To excite them even more about how how amazing this uh, this topic is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, not really. I guess just really this whole topic. Uh, you know, it's very common, um, which is why we kind of wanted to touch on it. It can be just from a cosmetic standpoint or medical because of the symptoms that they can cause, and. Um, first line is they could come in and see us even regarding compression stockings even if you have a job where you're standing all day or you have spider veins or you have a little bit of swelling come in and see us and we can get some com- uh, custom compression stockings uh, measured up for you and, and ordered for you 
and then uh, getting the proper assessment and and uh, potential uh, intervention done. So that's pretty much it. Well, that was a lot of information and a lot of interesting information. And hopefully this podcast will help someone who's going through issues with their veins. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. If you have any questions you would like me to answer on future episodes, send us a DM on Instagram at KeysMD Cosmetic Clinic or email us at info at keysmd.ca and I'll try to answer as many as I can on upcoming shows. If you like what you hear, don't forget to share and subscribe so that you never miss another episode and to help us grow. 